This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. Today, our theme is how to stay calm and focused and how to thrive even when everything around you feels chaotic. Our guest is Kaven Kia, an entrepreneur and management consultant with McKinsey & Company in Amsterdam. Kaven will share insights from his lovely book, What is Water? The book's subtitle is How Young Leaders Can Thrive in an Uncertain World. But Kaven's solid advice can be helpful to all of us, no matter how old we are or what kind of job we may do. Haven, I I know from your book that you have some really wonderful and important advice for our listeners who might be struggling to thrive during very difficult times. But uh, before we get there and we get into those issues, I'd love to hear a, a little bit about you, how your career evolved, how you became a consultant and a teacher and an author, and uh, what um, helped you become interested in the issues in your book. Thank you very much, uh, Bev, uh, for the invitation. Uh, first of all, it's a great pleasure to uh, be here and uh, meet you and all your listeners. Um, I think uh, looking back at my career, I was very much driven by, uh, on one hand, uh, having very broad interests ever since childhood, uh, being interested in uh, things like physics, uh, astronomy, history, philosophy, music, uh, and at the same time, uh, being very fascinated by uh, the art of creating things. And uh, often these were things that I felt uh, were missing in my own life. So uh, is, is there a book that I wish I had read earlier and that became the book uh, I wrote? Is there a class I wish I had had in school? And that's the class uh, I'm teaching. Uh, and also uh, being a consultant, helping working on uh, problems that I think uh, should be solved. So those have been driven me very much. And uh, uh, here we are. <laughs> well, the title of your book, of course, is What is Water? Which um, doesn't shout out, this is a book about thriving. Um, can you Tell us the story. You started your book with a, a story that explains your title and, and helps uh, describe the, this, a theme of the book. Yes, uh, it's an ancient story uh, passed on through generations. Uh, and uh, some of you uh, who might have uh, heard David Foster Wallace's commencement speech uh, might recognize it. It's a story of uh, some fish swimming in the water and they're having a good time. Uh, until an older and wiser fish swims by and uh, asks them, uh, good morning, uh, how is the water? And one of the fish looks a bit puzzled at the other one and asks, uh, what is water? And there are variations to this story about uh, uh, fish not knowing what water is or birds not knowing what air is. And uh, mainly comes down to uh, the importance of being aware of our surroundings, being aware of the things that are so close that are difficult to see, uh, and acknowledging that that's difficult. And being aware uh, can give you, of course, many more choices that can help you thrive in the today's world. Well, today's world is a pretty chaotic world. Um, and 
sometimes it's it's hard to get our a handle on what it's all about or what we can do about it. You used a, a phrase that I I think I first heard in the context of military discussions years ago, um, uh, VUCA, to describe the kind of world mm-hmm. we need to be living in. Do you want to explain that concept of the kind of environment people may be struggling with? Yeah, it's very much uh, when you ask uh, people, you know, how does the water feel? How is the water just like uh, the story uh, we talked about? Uh, the concept of VUCA resonates a lot. Uh, the V stands for volatile, U stands for uncertain, C for complex, and A is for ambiguous. And uh, in many ways, uh, when I work with uh, clients, when I work with many leaders, uh, often people think, oh, maybe I'm not good enough or it's so hard. But it starts with acknowledging the fact that VUCA is hard. Um, Most of us don't necessarily uh, feel that we're equipped with the ways of thinking and doing that can help us thrive in a, a VUCA world. Uh, if we're honest, uh, as adventurous as many of us are, uh, often uh, you hear people say, I'd rather risk a bit the opposite, a world that could feel a bit more stable, certain, simple, and clear. Now, the challenge that we face is that uh, uh, individually, we don't necessarily have influence of changing that context, and uh, very much we need to take it as a given. However, the interesting uh, parts, and especially what the book is about, is given this context, how do you deal with it? And how do you uh, learn the ways to thrive in this VUCA world? Well, I want to uh, ask you about some of those ways. You had some Mm -hmm. good examples and um, exercises. But before we uh, get to that, I I had this vision of you as you were talking. I had this vision (laughs) in my head that as a... um, McKenzie consultant, and of course, that's a huge, uh, greatly respected firm around the world. But as a consultant, I imagine that uh, sometimes when you're starting with a new client, uh, it's a little bit like you being the old fish, um, that the first step is to help people get a handle on their environment, which may be a VUCA environment. Maybe that's why they want you. Mm. And then you start getting um into, all right, what are the things that you can do about it? But are you finding in the last uh, year or two that people are more open to looking at the really big picture or they just don't want to deal with it? Have you noticed a a sense of how much uh, your clients are interested in suddenly looking at more context, kind of on a big scale? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Uh, Some things I've noticed over the years. When uh, I started a program called uh, the Young Leaders Forum um, uh, many years ago, not everybody was as uh, attentive to the context. And uh, a big part of lessons that came up uh, uh, were about that context itself. However, over the years, I noticed that uh, most clients who I work with or who attend uh, these days, well, you cannot not be aware of uh, the context. Uh, the last year that we've been through, if it was VUCA uh, uh, two years ago, it has only accelerated. And at the same time, also noticing a strong idealism of uh, many leaders, uh, young and older, wanting to make a positive difference in that context. 
Now, uh, the question is, of course, uh, what can you do practically? Uh, what is within your control? And how do you make most uh, out of that? So when you think about um, the kind of things you can control, just give me an example of from yourself or from a, uh, a client. Are we talking about little things like whether uh, you put sugar in your coffee, or are you talking about what are the things that are on your job assignment where you have the tools? How 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 broad mm. is that kind of examination? What you can control? Uh, well, you can uh, make it as uh, rich and broad and detailed uh, as you like. Um, I think a major thing that many people are struggling is because so many things feel out of control. Uh, it sometimes feels like everything uh, is out of control. And that sense of uh, overwhelm can very much stand in the way of uh, having an active attitude in life. And uh, a big part of uh, what I do, uh, also uh, what the whole book uh, is also about, is helping you answer that question in a lot of different ways uh, to empower you to understand that there are much more things in your control than you might notice. And that can indeed be very small things uh, that can brighten up your own day, uh, depending on uh, what tea you like to drink or uh, another uh, snack you like to have, of course. But uh, it's also very much about uh, the bigger questions uh, that uh, you deal with, with your uh, startup, with uh, setting up uh, a company, when it comes to uh, very challenging situations, uh, especially economically in the past year. The question, of course, is can you shift the focus from overwhelm to actually figuring out small and big things that are A, in your control, and also uh, B, showed that they can have make a positive difference in your life, your families, your colleagues, your organization, and your community. So one way to break these things down that you can control, or maybe you mm -hmm. uh, to look at them, they're the inside things and they're the outside things. The outside things are uh, more like focusing on your job, uh, meeting achievable goals, and mm -hmm. anything dealing with um, uh, your work of the world around you. But a big part of it are the um, inside things, the exactly. uh, way you feel and, and, Talking about emotion is, I, I don't remember so much conversation about emotion years ago <laughs> in management classes and things, but it's something you as a consultant as well as a person have to grapple with, isn't it? That that's emotion mm -hmm. in the group is, is part of the discussion now. It very much is, because if you do want to make that positive difference in what you call the, the outside world, uh, it's very difficult to do that uh, if you uh, are not aware of your own emotions, how you're doing, if you cannot uh, understand what are the things that are within your control to make sure that uh, you can run that marathon. You have the energy, you have the uh, eagerness to continue the inspiration. And um, you can leave, of course, much of that to chance and uh, hope that things turn out well or good enough. Um, or uh, you can at least uh, leave a part of it also to choice. And the issue I uh, notice is that um, in today's world, with uh, exposure 
to so many challenges, uh, so much uh, also negative news, either through uh, the news, uh, social media, your inbox, uh, different app groups people are uh, active in. Uh, the role of uh, positive emotions uh, actually uh, very much gets diminished. And uh, that's a risk because there are definitely a lot of things you can do in a state of uh, positivity that uh, you cannot necessarily do in a state of uh, fight or flight. Positive emotions are, are good for your health and they're good for your creativity and your brain works better. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's, um, it's not always uh, easy to mm-hmm. sum them up. And you have some nice suggestions, I think, kind of exercises for people. Do you want to share some of those discussions about how a listener who feels like they'd like to feel more positive, but they don't right now, mm-hmm. can you share some suggestions? Yeah. it's um, I, it, Positive emotions have a lot of benefits, yes, and uh, of course they also feel good. So uh, it's also good to know you don't have to justify why you want to uh, experience that. One thing that uh, I noticed working with uh, many clients is uh, many people are not necessarily aware of what gives them actually a a positive emotion, what gives them that positive kick. And taking just a moment and writing those things down. uh, In the book, we refer to uh, your favorite things from uh, The Sound of Music. What are your favorite things? And uh, that's not always an easy uh, uh, question. Uh, people uh, sometimes mistake the things that they think that should give them a positive emotion uh, instead of uh, what actually does give them. And this could be all of a sudden realizing that uh, a simple walk uh, outside or uh, noticing the the sunset or the sunrise or a good conversation with somebody that they care about. But the challenge is if uh, you don't take initiative in that context of a VUCA world to actually experience those small, simple, and specific things that give you a positive kick, uh, they might not happen uh, by themselves. Now, that's one very simple exercise. uh, And uh, the same goes for the people around you. How well do you know their favorite things? When you're working virtually, when uh, you're in a challenging context together, maybe mistaking your favorite things with uh, others. Another exercise uh, is uh, what you could call is decreasing uh, the unnecessary negativity uh, so they uh, don't deplete your uh, buffer, not making things seem worse than they actually are. Examining uh, when you hear some news or something comes up, um, maybe your first reaction is not necessarily corresponding with what reality is and just realizing that uh, uh, the issue is maybe a much smaller one then uh, your first reaction was could be a big relief. But one exercise that I personally uh, use a lot and that helps me uh, is uh, an exercise around gratitude. Because um, often uh, you might feel that you cannot maybe do anything of your favorite things. You don't have the time or you're, you're busy or anything else. But uh, just uh, taking a moment uh, and uh, thinking about the things that you're grateful for, thinking about the things that uh, you're glad that they also happened, that they um, boost a lot of that positivity uh, whenever you like, which is also within your control.
We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Master's in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. I think people are much more aware of the impact of gratitude and people are often advised mm-hmm. to do a gratitude list. And I, I find for me kind of focusing on uh, how fortunate I am in the midst of difficult times can indeed be helpful. But an emotion that is kind of a, um, a cousin to um, uh, gratitude that can kind of interact it, or maybe it's not an emotion as uh mm-hmm but a state is kindness. And I noticed that the, uh, the uh, neuroscientists, the positive psychologists that, that you allude to often talk about how kindness is, uh, if you do something kind to somebody else, which can be thanking them for something, so you get two mm-hmm. things at once, that that can just trigger a, a, almost a physical reaction in your body that it's so powerful. Is Is that something that... You talk about with clients things like gratitude and kindness when they're thinking about their corporate missions or whatever? Definitely. And uh, it's mainly to help you become better aware of uh, what helps you. And uh, there are, of course, people who uh, also experience a lot of uh, positive emotions through a sense of uh, wonder. Uh, just looking outside and seeing uh, the beauty of nature and being uh, in awe of uh, what is out out there can evoke a lot of positivity in someone else. So the, the point is here, not necessarily, at least from my side, to say uh, what should give you a positive emotion, but uh, what could give you uh, that positive emotion. And uh, there are definitely those who uh, find a lot of meaning in uh, kindness, kindness to themselves, kindness to people they know, or kindness to uh, strangers. And uh, of course, uh, the beauty of that is that it not only helps you, but also the people who are going through maybe equally tough times uh, as you yourself. So you mentioned um, earlier that negative emotions, you can reduce those. And sometimes negative emotions are important. You're going through tough times and it's valid to feel grief and Mm -hmm. those things. But you suggest uh, that, I think in the book, you suggest a lot of balancing is involved so that you get rid of the negative emotions that are over the top, that aren't, you know, genuine grief. They're just, you know, just annoyance with that colleague or whatever, or maybe something much bigger. But uh, a framework that you suggested that I liked a lot was when something bad is happening or when things aren't Mm -hmm. going well around you. Um, your emotional reaction is often shaped by three dimensions, three ways you're looking at things, and you can change your emotion by kind of re-examining 
the perception you have of those dimensions. Can you explain how all that works? What are the dimensions that seem to impact how we see things? That uh, particular exercise is uh, what I like to call uh, forming a reality check. Uh, as you said, uh, there are things that happen, there are negative events, and uh, there's an appropriate response to that, uh, be it grief or uh, sadness. Uh, it could also be uh, a trigger to actually solve a, a real problem that's uh, arising. At the same time, uh, when negative things happen, uh, we do have maybe a tendency to uh, make it seem worse than it uh, actually is. Um, maybe there's light rain and uh, our initial response is to experience that as a heavy storm. And this particular exercise is very much about uh, performing that reality check so uh, that you don't make things seem necessarily nicer than they are, but also not worse, uh, not adding to your troubles, as uh, an old philosopher would say. And the three dimensions uh, that help, uh, one is uh, around uh, a subject, uh, scope, and time. So let's say an example that uh, you get some feedback on uh, work that you did and you were expecting some compliments, but uh, uh, you actually got some uh, criticism. And it's easy to then think uh, on subject, scope, and time, oh, uh, there's something wrong with me. Uh, it's personal. Um, it's everything. Oh, they didn't like uh, uh, any part of the work. And it's uh, forever. Uh, this is going to haunt me. I'm going to be uh, reviewed based on this. Uh, and uh, who knows what other difficulties can arise. But the reality check here is to say uh, on the first dimension of a subject, is it personal or is it impersonal? Is this feedback on uh, the presentation, uh, on the work you did? Or is this actually feedback about who you are? Well, who knows? Maybe it's actually only about the presentation or part of it. Uh, the second dimension of scope, uh, well, is it everything? Uh, not No part of your work was uh, uh, meeting the standards. Or maybe there was a very specific part in it. And if you just make a few minor tweaks, uh, that would be already more than good enough. And on time, uh, is it forever or is it temporary? Uh, a wise uh, saying is, uh, this too shall pass. And the question is, yeah, do you expect this too? Uh, to pass as well or uh, or not. And uh, again, maybe your first reaction corresponds with reality and then you need to take appropriate measures. But from my experience uh, and in the context of a VUCA world, uh, we overestimate uh, often the real uh, uh, case. And in this case, we might notice that uh, it was indeed uh, some light rain and uh, no heavy storm in sight. So one thing you get at by reducing this to, to, to three really important dimensions is that you can uh, help yourself not catastrophize, not kind of hmm. talk yourself into making things feel worse. You sort of calm down and you look at the data just like you would if you were dealing with uh, some kind of routine work project. So that I think that's very, that's slowing down and looking at what's really happening um, is useful in itself, but it also tends to cut off that voice that's uh, pumping you up into a, a negative place. Correct, yeah. And I would add that it helps to make the uh, dips less deep uh, and the recovery faster. 
Right? Nobody likes it if they get that kind of feedback. But uh, with a quick reality check, uh, you can maybe quickly get to a solution uh, faster than you otherwise would have. Yeah, another really important part of um, what you're talking about is um, in a VUCA world or what, you know, too much is going on, it seems like it's easier for us to sometimes take things personally. That if things blow up at a meeting, we think it's about us. Or if somebody's expressing frustration just because what's happening in their house, uh, mm -hmm. we think it's about us. And that's, that's a really um, piece of classic information, to, uh, um, <laughs> or not information, ca classic advice to tell yourself, isn't it? It goes back for centuries, right? True. True. And uh, again, it's not about judging your first reaction. Uh, some people take things very personally, very quickly. Uh, it's mainly knowing that uh, uh, your first reaction might not correspond with reality and just challenging yourself and saying, well, is that, is that really so? And asking the question is also often uh, also answering it and realizing that, uh, well, maybe indeed this person is having a bad day and it has nothing to do with me. Or maybe uh, this was indeed uh, my judgment of how things need to be done, but doesn't say anything about my skills. Or, and uh, even if it does, uh, I'll learn from this as well. But uh, life can, of course, be very difficult, uh, even more so than it uh, is in the context of a VUCA world, when um, your immediate response makes things feel personal, makes it feel much bigger than it is, and uh, also makes it feel that uh, it's going to haunt you uh, forever. And even in a VUCA world, we need to know that we can be having um, rewarding, meaningful lives, even during the um, the difficult times. When you think about uh, what, in, in the midst of a pandemic, there are mm -hmm. first responders and um, medical ex experts and all kinds of people, including some leaders who are living very meaningful lives because they're making such a difference. So it's not just positive and negative, what you can control and what can't control that you need to be aware of. It's also helpful to kind of notice what's meaningful to you. And you talk about um, a, a, a bit about how to have more meaning in your life. Can you talk about how you approach this concept mm -hmm. of, of meaning and meaningful living? Definitely. It's um, in addition to all the other topics we uh, uh, just talked about, uh, there's a famous quote from uh, the philosopher Nietzsche who says, uh, those who have a why can bear almost any how. And um, in the context of a VUCA world, it's very easy when one is faced with setbacks and difficulties and challenges uh, to give up. And uh, I've worked with many people who, uh, for a variety of reasons, were considering uh, giving up. But that's where meaning can come to help. Uh, if you know why you're doing what you're doing and uh, how that which you're doing right now today is contributing to something of importance to you, even if there are not many positive emotions uh, around, uh, meaning can uh, overcompensate for that uh, in many ways. And knowing that you what you contribute is 
Sometimes it could be for society, uh, but it could also be uh, something of importance for your family. It could be for your organization, for uh, a colleague. Uh, it could be around building your character through uh, difficulties, and that could be meaningful enough uh, to continue as well. But because it's not always obvious what we're contributing to, uh, it helps to turn on the lights. It helps to take a moment and think for yourself, uh, how can I infuse more meaning into something which I'm already doing? And that could help me bear almost anyhow. And, and for leaders or people who are learning to become leaders, uh, there's also an opportunity to turn on the light. When you're on a team and things are difficult, if you can remind people about what's the mission, what's the value, you know, who the stakeholders mm -hmm. are, who's being helped, um, as a leader, even if it's a leader in your at your family dinner table or having lunch with your friends, by mm -hmm. focusing on on goals and values and missions, you can help people get to a, a better place and a in touch with a sense of meaning, right? Definitely. Instead of only talking about uh, a specific action, it helps to give the context. It helps to show how this action maybe fits in a bigger piece uh, in a puzzle that uh, together we're helping uh, those in need today. And that way also uh, making sure that in a world where we work more virtually of, uh, this year, uh, you work uh, uh, through email, you don't even see or hear each other uh, in uh, these days, there's uh, a risk that uh, a lot of meaning gets lost and people uh, for correct reasons or for urgent reasons, uh, focus a lot on the actions, but not on the context and how this fits into a bigger puzzle. Now that said, there's of course uh, uh, something to be very importantly uh, aware of, just like the, the fish in the water is that which is meaningful uh, for you is not automatically meaningful for the other. And maybe for you, it's very meaningful because it's your company, you're built it and uh, you hope to uh, grow it further, that everything that you do will serve uh, this uh, startup and scale up that you're building. But maybe the person uh, who's joined uh, is less interested in the startup, but much more in their own uh, professional development. Maybe they're much more interested in uh, societal topics. So if you just make sure that you uh, show uh, the broad range of what people are contributing to, hopefully some of it will be able to connect and resonate for those instead of forcing your sense of meaning, your source onto others. Well, we are um, running out of time, I'm sorry to say, but <laughs> on that point, I, I, maybe we can finish up with uh, you sharing a an excellent suggestion that I think may help people recognize when there's meaning or creating meaning together. And that's celebrating accomplishments. Is that mm -hmm. uh, uh, something that you find to be helpful for leaders to stay aware of? Very much. And uh, especially uh, in a context where much work uh, is becoming uh, more abstract, uh, less tangible, uh, more long-term, uh, less short-term, there's a risk that uh, months pass without having that uh, sense of an uh, accomplishment, uh, without the, the closure that comes with it, uh, without that motivation uh, to continue. 
And uh, this is also a helpful way to uh, think about what could be ways to celebrate the steps uh, as you go. At the end of the week, it's easy to think about maybe all the things that didn't go as planned, but it's also in addition helpful to think about what did go uh, as hoped for, what went actually better than hoped for. And are there simple ways uh, to acknowledge that, to celebrate that? Uh, are there ways that uh, are spontaneous, uh, don't cost much or anything at all? But uh, doing, do make sure that you have that sense of accomplishment and being able to celebrate these steps. And if you can't share it with others, at least do it uh, for yourself. So that is a great suggestion to leave our listeners with today that um, now might be a good time to just take a minute or two and think about something that's gone well or think about a, something um, where you want to schedule a celebration when it's done. It's a, it's a positive way to um, pause and um, uh, contemplate for a few minutes. Indeed. Well, thank you so much. Uh, again, the uh, title of the book is What is Water? It's uh, full of good advice, and it's a, it's a very uh, readable and useful book, and I encourage people to pick it up. What is Water? Thanks so much for joining me today, Kevin. Thank you very much for the invitation, Beth. Today we've been talking with management consultant and author Kevin Kian about how to thrive in an uncertain world. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Today's tip is that if everything around you feels crazy, you can find calmness and keep moving forward by tightly focusing on those things that you actually can control. Thanks for joining us here today, and if you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends.